welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry. Not long ago, we introduced a new series featuring Deacon Russell Baldwin, who is a member of the Dayton Secular Order of Discussed Carmelites. During our monthly meetings, during our holy hour, Deacon Baldwin uh, in the church uh, gives us a, a little bit of a homily um, on some aspect of Carmelite spirituality to help us grow. And so with that in mind, we'd like to uh, present to you his most recent um, conversation regarding an overview of St. Teresa's life. So often we talk about her in particular, but he's going to give us an overview with a little bit of trivia. So I think you'll find it interesting. Please welcome Deacon Russell Baldwin. As we all know, this coming Tuesday, we will celebrate the Feast of Our Holy Mother, St. Teresa of Avila, the foundress of the Discalced Carmelite Order. We hear a lot about St. Teresa in bits and pieces, so today I thought it would be fitting to go over a short history of her life all at once, as it were. St. Teresa is not only the foundress of our order, but she is also recognized by the universal church as a saint, a mystic, and a doctor of the church. Here's a little Carmelite trivia for you. We know that St. Teresa was born on March 28, 1515, but what day did she die? It's generally accepted that it was on the 4th of October, 1582, but there are some who think it might have been early the next day, on the 15th of October. Wait, wouldn't the next day be the 5th of October, not the 15th? Well, yes, normally. But in the year 1582, Catholic nations were switching from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar which required the removal of the 5th through the 14th of October to sync the Julian calendar with the Gregorian calendar that year. Therefore, she did in fact die late on October 4th or perhaps early the next day on October 15th. Had they not switched the, to the Gregorian calendar that year, her feast day would likely have been on October 5th. Her symbols include the habit of the discalced Carmelite, signifying she is our foundress, the book and quill for her many writings, and an arrow-pierced heart as a sign of the transverberation she experienced. She is the patron saint of bodily ills, headaches, lace workers, and those who have lost parents people in need of grace, and those in religious orders. Her paternal grandfather was a Jewish convert and accused by the Spanish Inquisition of allegedly returning to the Jewish faith. Her father, Alonso, procured a knighthood, and he and Teresa's mother, Beatrice, raised her as a devout Christian. As a young girl, Teresa was fascinated by accounts of the lives of the saints, which inspired her and her brother to run away from home at age seven to convert the Moors and be killed for the faith. 
They were stopped by an uncle who caught them on the road just outside the town walls. Teresa's mother died when she was 14, whereupon she took the Virgin Mary as her spiritual mother. It was at this time, too, that she became vain and interested in reading popular fiction, especially tales of the medieval knighthood, perhaps due to her father being a knight. She entered the Monastery of the Incarnation in Avila in 1535. The cloister there, which was intended to protect and strengthen the spirit and practice of prayer, was so lax that the daily invasion of visitors engendered frivolous concerns and vain conversations, making spiritual progress impossible. Teresa knew she had to do something. She received permission to begin a reformed order, and so in 1562, she established the first monastery of the Discalced Carmelites, St. Joseph. For the first five years, she remained in seclusion there and wrote. In 1567, she began to establish new monasteries throughout Spain. Nine years later, a persecution of our order began directed against Teresa herself, her supporters, and her reforms. As part of this persecution, she was denounced to the Inquisition and a case was brought before them, but later dropped. Ultimately, Pope Gregory XIII appointed a special provincial to oversee our order, and the persecutions largely ceased. During the last three years of her life, she founded five convents. In all, she founded 15 convents and monasteries herself and authorized the founding of two more over a 20-year period. She wrote innumerable letters, and her books on prayer and contemplation have become classics. These include The Interior Castle, The Book of Her Life, and The Way of Perfection. All that St. Teresa did during her 67 years on earth brings about a sympathetic exhaustion at just hearing a short account of it. So, a question for you and me who are so busy is how did this contemplative nun, who nevertheless spent most of her life as our foundress outside the cloister, become a mystic, a saint, and teach the world the depths of prayer, contemplation, and the love of God? It's especially incredible when you consider the worldly activities she was obliged to engage in administering the 17 foundations, dealing with the lawsuits these routinely resulted in due to opposition from other orders located in the same towns, the burden of running the discalced Carmelites themselves and taking care of family obligations. Her brothers, sisters, nieces, and nephews often made many demands of her, and these were but a few of her many obligations. How did she find time alone with God, any time to become a saint? In short, she didn't. That is, she didn't find the time, as if there were a time to do secular things and a time to do sacred things. 
She lived St. Paul's admonition to claim all things for Christ. She knew everything came from the hand of God. All time is his time. All events, interruptions, obligations, pains, her own shortcomings and failures, she wisely used all these things to dispose herself to sanctity. Even more, she recognized them as the very means to sanctity, as the very means of loving God. And through God's grace, she was granted the desire of her heart. St. Therese of Lisieux, St. John of the Cross, Brother Lawrence, all the saints tell us the same thing. Like our Lord, we must both embrace our cross and help others to bear theirs to be a saint. Throughout her life, she had many trials, but regarding these, she said, quote, God has given me great courage, and greater these trials were the greater was the courage, unquote. In fact, she could not conceive of a life without trials. She also said once, how could it be known whether a man were valiant if he were not seen in battle? And to her Carmelite brothers and sisters, St. Teresa said, we must have a great and very resolute determination to persevere until reaching the end, come what may, happen what may. Whatever work is involved, whatever criticism arises, whether we arrive or whether we die on the road, or even if we don't have the courage for the trials that are met, we must nevertheless persevere. We are Carmelites. Her last words reveal the heart of one who gave herself wholly and completely to Christ. My Lord, it is time to move on. Well then, may your will be done. O oh, my Lord and my spouse, the hour that I have longed for has come. It is time to meet one another. St. Teresa of Avila, pray for us.